Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about climate truth explosion, climate truth explosion consequences, Dear Berkeley, men don't have babies, and Title IX kangaroo courts coming back. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. America Can We Talk is sponsored by GC Works, a Dallas-based company performing advanced technology research in the oil and gas industry. And hello again, and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. There was a document submitted to the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, in response to their planned release of a new rule. And this is profound the document is, what I'm about to tell you, is profound in understanding the entire battle we've had and discussion we've had in America and around the world over climate change. First on the SEC, you know, the SEC, as all other institutions in the world, it seems, have been overwhelmed by the push from the, the ardent, you know, true religion believers in, in catastrophic man-caused climate change. And they have been overwhelmed by the agenda of those groups, including, you know, of course, Larry Fink and BlackRock and many other entities to push and push and push the climate change agenda uh, and everything they think of, every new, uh, new idea, new effort. So the SEC um, had asked for that they, they, they have a proposed rule. And in this proposed rule, the, the rule was called the Enhancement and Standardization of Climate-Related Disclosures for Investors. And the simple point they're making is if you want to qualify to have your company exchange shares on the, SEC, on the stock exchange, then you must comply with the SEC rules. As an aside, they don't apply these rules to China's companies, but that's a story for another day. Back to America, so SEC wants to have a new rule, and so they require to put out uh, the, a notice of the rule and to allow people to comment, to say, you know, what do you think? So the gist of this rule is to impose many more burdens, more significant burdens, on companies that want to be traded on the New York Stock Exchange, uh, put the burdens on them uh, to make increased detailed disclosures with respect to their policies related to alleged catastrophic man-caused climate change. And so they, they have a new rule. They're going to both enhance, or propose new rule, enhance and standardize climate-related disclosures for investors. And this is, again, driven by the climate change you know, zealots who uh, never, ever, ever will allow discussion of the issue. Well, what happened was there were two former professors and the word former, emeritus, very, very important in this discussion. The two professors submitted a 28-page comment to the SEC essentially saying this rule is absolutely unnecessary and actually completely ridiculous. And on top of that, they actually, in this paper, with mounds of data, graphs, information, came to the conclusion we are not facing, we are not facing some catastrophic 
uh, climate change disaster because of man-caused uh, participation uh, in, in the world. So we're not, facing, we're not facing catastrophic climate change. And they attacked the attack on, the, on CO2, the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere. That's the big villain that um, you know, the uh, people tout, the big climate change zealots tout is, oh, the CO2 is going to kill us all. So they attack climate change. I shouldn't say attack. They actually let the world see the data they have and related to uh, climate change, which is just, as they say, not, not even remotely a serious problem in plain, in plain layman's terms. Number two, they attack and completely debunk the idea we should be worried about CO2 and in terms, of, in terms of what's in the atmosphere right now. And number three, they celebrate and say, we have to have fossil fuels. We will actually hurt life on Earth if we stop using fossil fuels, or if we curtail them to the level the climate change zealots want us to do. So these two professors, before I share some of their data, uh, one is a professor emeritus from the Department of Physics at Princeton University. His name is William Happer, H-A-P-P-E-R. By the way, this is posted on our website, americacanwetalk.org. I urge every one of you, go to that website, download this document. I rarely print out long documents. It is 28 pages. I printed both sides. But you want to have this and hold on to it because I'm going to tell you, this is one of the things that the climate change uh, zealots who use climate change as a tool to take away your freedom, they don't like this. They're, they're going to be all over this attacking this. So number one, the first uh, author, uh, William Happer, uh, professor emeritus, meaning retired from the Department of Physics at Princeton, uh, his his resume is, is simply mind-boggling. He doesn't, didn't just happen to be a professor. He also began his career in the physics department at Columbia. He was director of the Columbia Radiation Laboratory. He joined the physics department at Princeton University in 1980. He's, he invented, I invented, says he, the sodium guide star that's used in astronomical adaptive optic systems to correct for the degrading of atmospheric turbulence on imaging resolutions. He served as the Director of Energy Research in the U.S. Department of Energy from 1991 to 93, co-founder of another organization, Magnetic Imaging Technologies Incorporated. The guy is a brilliant, brilliant, educated, experienced, seasoned scientist. The other author of this 28-page submission to the SEC, is, a, is also a professor emeritus, I'll mention a moment why that's so important, uh, named Dr. Richard Linzen, L-I-N-D-Z-E-N. Professor Linden, he is a professor emeritus in the Department of Earth, Atmospheric, and Planetary Sciences at MIT, two of the most premier academic institutions, not just in America, in the world, Princeton and MIT. And so he's got a long, long resume, which I'm not going to take time reading to you right now. But I'm making a point, and I'm going to close out the first five by saying this. The reason these two professors had the bravery to publish this document. I mean, you don't submit something to the SEC, a 28-page submission to the SEC, which I think you have to sign under penalty of perjury, and you don't submit it. If you're just making stuff up, if you're just a you know wild-eyed pro you know pro business, I don't care about the environment lunatic. These guys know exactly what they're talking about, and the reason emeritus matters so much is because the climate change zealots, the people who started this climate change 
actually started as climate warming, global warming, and then it turns out that the climate wasn't warming. So never mind about that. Now we call it climate change because that covers everything no matter what happens, no matter what direction any measure goes, the climate change zealots can say, oh, yeah, 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 see, that proves our theory. But the reason it's, it's extremely consequential that they are both retired is because they are not in a position to be attacked by the global climate zealous, the climate change hysterical zealots. Because climate change has become this astonishing, um, you know, just everyone must believe, no one must question. And so even in the world of academia, with people this bright, this educated, this articulate, in if they were still working at Princeton and, and MIT respectively, they may not have had the courage to publish this because what they're publishing, I'm telling you folks, they're publishing facts and truth and reality that literally thousands of scientists know are true. They know, but we've become to a place where the, I call them the Twitter mob, the left-wing media mob, the mockery mob, the people on the left in this country have made it absolutely impossible for anyone to question anything they say on any subject, including climate change. And billions, not M millions, B billions flow to people who will salute to the climate change zealots, agree with whatever they say, only agree if something causes more hysteria, more fear, uh, and more control over society. The pressure on climatologists, scientists of all kinds to just surrender to the left-wing mob and agree with whatever they want you to say about climate change has so enormous that there, there are fewer and fewer people who are qualified, willing to speak up. You got destroyed, destroyed in your institution, in your career, in your, among your professionals, if you dare to, cl to challenge climate change ideology, climate change gospel. These two did. And I'm going to tell you more about them in the next segment, because what they're saying and what I'm going to share with you and the information I share with you, this could not be more consequential in America. And right now in 2022, as we are watching the climate change agenda, the Green New Deal agenda, the World Economic Forum's embrace of climate change, we are watching that destroy countries, starve people, and we're watching it gaining in, in influence and control in allegedly Western informed, well-informed Western civilization countries, all of them saluting at government levels of climate change. But the people, the great news is the people are waking up. This is a great document to have a great, I, I commend the bravery of these two scientists for writing it and submitting it. And I urge everyone to read it, but also understand this may be just the beginning of ending the stranglehold the climate change hysterical zealot socialists have had on the entire topic and force the actual discussion of what is good and right and true about climate change. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. So I'm obviously excited about this, this document. I, I, I mean, it's a really, it's a great thing. And I, as I say, number one, printed by people who cannot be, or published and written by people who can't be arm-twisted, threatened, cajoled, uh, driven out of their institutions because they're retired. They also have, as I urge you, many, many topics. Think about this. Climate change money from the U.S. government and entities around the world flows in the billions of dollars. It is suicidal for a, an expert in some academia to even question climate change. You'll be ridiculed, driven out. These people have no fear. So ask yourself why they would do this 
Is there any other reason in the world they would have written this document and submitted it to the SEC except that they believe it to the depth of their being, or their, in the heart, their heart of their hearts, they believe this? And the answer is there's no other reason. There's no other reason for them to publish this except they are so sure that it is true. I'm going to start with, I sent Joe, my happy producer here today um, at the satellite studio, I sent Joe a um, clip. And I want to just first, I think, I hope I set up correctly. I want to show, uh, show that page we were just looking at, uh, submitted by these two. And again, it's William Happer, the two professors, uh, William Happer and Richard Lindzen, their submission to the SEC. So why I'm going to, um, at the risk, I, I'm going to, I leave that in the screen for a moment because I want to just have, this is their summary of what they submitted. And this is in response to the SEC that was asking for comments about their new rule in which they're going to further strangle industry by imposing impossible standards with respect to climate change. Here's what these two professors had to say. As career physis physicists, career physicists, science demonstrates there is no climate-related risk caused by fossil fuels and CO2. Let me just stop there. Think about what they're saying. We have had industries and, and whole departments of government and societies and international organizations and, and policy changed because of the climate change zealot hysteria. Yeah, I'm going to read that first sentence again. As career physicists, science demonstrates there is no climate-related risk caused by fossil fuels and CO2. And they go on to say, thus, no scientific basis for the proposed rule. And if adopted, disastrous consequences for people worldwide and the U.S. because of it would reduce CO2 and the use of fossil fuels. I'm sorry, I'm going to read that again. Thus, no scientific basis for the proposed rule. And if adopted, disastrous consequences for people worldwide and the U.S. because it would reduce CO2 and the use of fossil fuels. They're saying not only are CO2 and fossil fuels not a problem, they're saying reducing the use, reducing CO2 in the atmosphere, reducing the use of fossil fuels will hurt people. And friends, that's what we're watching around the world right now. We're watching, we've talked in the show recently about the uh, farmers that, uh, who are protesting in the Netherlands because their government, uh, their, the leader of their government, touted by Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, as one of the leaders in climate change, they signed on to this lunatic-level Green New Deal driven by the climate change um, ideology, climate change hysteria. Um, that has caused, so for example, in the Netherlands example, they have in the range of 100 million, 100 million uh, livestock, you know, cows, swine, and then other, li other livestock being grown at, on farms for food. And the government had said, because of climate change, we, you have to, essentially, they wanted the farmers to destroy 30 million of the 100 million uh, livestock in their country because of climate change. And the farmers are saying, you have got to be kidding me. We're not doing it. We're not destroying our farms. We're not destroying our livelihoods. And so right now in the Netherlands, you know, it wasn't like a tiny little protest and they all went back to work and then submitted to the government. Exactly the opposite happened. The, the 
Protest is growing. The people are on the side of the farmers. And it is this ruling elite cabal around the world, the World Economic Forum. We're smarter than the rest of the world, smarter than all the rest of you. The leaders in major countries, including ours, including America, but leaders around the world, they want to be in the cool club. They want to be in the savvy club. They want to be in the club that says, oh, you know, it's um, you know, there's a really, really big problem. So yeah, we're on board. Just tell us what to do. Starve our people. Okay, we'll starve our people. Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka, where they have now managed to topple, both the, the people have risen up to the point they managed to topple the prime minister and the president because they adopted these idiotic Green New Deal climate change alarmism standards where they went to all organic farming. So, you know, you understand developments like among created by intelligent people got us to the point where we had many, many uh, advances in the way you grow crops, the way you care for, for your, your cattle, your swine, way, the way you care for the soil, and the way you protect crops as they're growing. So we had the development of ways that the, you could have, and if you protect crops, you increase the abundance, more people have access to food because of these advances in science. So Sri Lanka wanted to be, you know, join the International Hip Club and the International We're Smarter Than the Rest of the World Club went along with this to the point their people are starving and they're, and they're angry and they want this Green New Deal, you know, climate alarmism, hysteria, lunacy to stop. They want that the country to have food, grow food, not have a food shortage. And there are also riots in Kenya. Kenya, where I should, I think I mentioned the show before. If I haven't, I sent, uh, spent a semester abroad in Kenya in college. So it was um, decades ago. Anyway, in, in Kenya, and it was a wonderful, wonderful, eye-opening world up, a great time to be there, a, a wonderful time to be in Kenya. And so I do a, a fondness for Kenya, a little bit different than the rest of the world, because I have lived there uh, for like whatever it was, for four or five months. Anyway, so Kenya, they're in the streets. And they're protesting. And their protest line is, no food, no elections. I mean, they are trying to force the government to get off this idiocy of climate change. And the idiocy of starving people, reducing the availability of food for the people, all in the name of climate change. So let's go back to what our friends, uh, Drs. Happer and Lindzen, submitted to the SEC. They are saying that there is, again, their words, there is no climate-related risk caused by fossil fuels and CO2. That the entire climate change zealot alarmism, climate change, you know, death and destruction prognostications are utterly unjustified. Not only are they not harmful, say these two, but that fossil fuels are vital to keep um, the earth healthy, to get people fed, to keep the, the earth itself healthy. And CO2 is a vital, vital uh, element in the atmosphere. So I sent Joe, the very helpful producer here, um, I sent him a, um, a, a chart. I think it was in that first thing I sent you, the, the second page of that chart. It, it's a chart about the uh, levels of CO2. Okay. Look at that chart, please. Uh, if you're listening on radio, first of all, if you're listening on radio, thank you so very much. If you're on Brodian Radio, thank you, thank you, Brodian Radio, for carrying this show. Uh, thank you for listening. For those listening, if you want to see this chart, you can go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org, and at that site, on the homepage under shows, drop down list of links, I've linked to this article, this SEC 28-page submission by Drs. Happer and Lindzen. And I'm re what I have on the screen here now in front of us um, is from page 7. So if you go to that, you can find this chart yourself. 
What they're talking about is, you know how the left and the entire climate change alarmism industry, the cabal that has grown up of controlling the world, grown up around climate change and CO2 alarmism, they always mention, well, the CO2 levels, oh my gosh, the CO2 levels have risen, and now you know, they've got some new prognostication. What I'm looking at, if you're watching online, what you're looking at, or if I'm on radio, I'll tell you, this is a chart put out, these doctors included in their submission, these PhD doctors, in their submission to the SEC. This is ranking the levels of CO2 in the Earth's atmosphere, starting from, on the left side of the chart, 600 million years ago, and then over to today, the zero at the far right is today. And so you start on the left, and the bottom of the chart is 600 million years ago, then 550 million years ago, then 500 million years ago, then 450 years. I'm, I'm getting at the point uh, to, to tell you that they can through, it's not just carbon dating, but it's digging down into the ice at the solar, whether it's the Arctic or the Antarctic, digging way down the ice, they can get way down and measure CO2 levels, even though we didn't have people here yet, 600 million years ago. And what you can see in the chart is that where we are now in America, in, in the world, where we are in CO2 levels, the zero, we are at uh, the lowest point um, we're far lower than almost anything else on the chart. There's a similar uh, low level of CO2 in the environment, and they measure this, of course, uh, in ppms, uh, part, part per million, ppm, part per million. And so from the range of something like 325 million years ago up to about 240 million years ago, you know, we were somewhere near the low level we are now. But at for example, uh, where we are right now is we're well below, well below 1,000 uh, ppm parts per million of concentration of CO2. So right now where we are, we are below 1,000. In fact, we're below 500 parts per million of CO2 concentration. That's where we are today. And that's where there we also hit that low at one point in the range of 300 million years ago. But long before the combustible engine, long before human life, long before all of what we now know today, for example, in the range around 500, between 500 and 550 million years ago, the Earth's atmosphere was up to almost 8,000 ppm, 8,000 parts per million, 8,000, and now we're down to below 500. I'm getting at is the Earth's atmosphere has survived with a wide range of CO2 in the atmosphere and very much, much higher levels of CO2 existed in the atmosphere before the, the, you know, the forbidden uh, you know, combustible engine came along, before cars came along, before modern life came along, jets and airplanes. I'm, what they're pointing out, which is just extremely consequential, is the left, all they have to say, all AOC and her foolish followers have to say is, oh, CO2 level is up. And everyone goes, oh my gosh, CO2 level, we're all going to die. And yet what these people are pointing out, we've had much higher CO2 levels in the history of this planet long before people were here, long before the combustible engine, long before jets, and we need to stop getting pushed around by the CO2 data. We need to stop getting pushed around. There's another uh, bit of information in this chart, and um, I find it really, um, I don't have all these, um, all these charts ready for you. I might actually, I'm really, really intrigued by this thing. Uh, I'm going to um, 
probably get more charts out of it. But another chart they have, I just want to quickly share with you, they have one where they have global average temperature records for two 20th century warming periods. They have one, so they have side-by-side -side charts, and they're showing, you know, the range of temperature. Temperatures range. We don't have no time on planet Earth that we have consistent temperatures. And so they have one chart showing the time period of global average temperature records between 1895 and 1946, which is viewed as more or less natural, not a lot of cars around, not all the stuff we have now, and the other one between 1957 and 2008. So two charts, one long before we had the massive you know, cars and airplanes and all that and jets, and, and then one that ranges from 1957 till now. And I'm telling you, the two charts you can't tell the difference. You can't tell the difference. And I am why I'm so excited about this is because, number one, I, I've, I have read professors who will kind of mouth the words and the secrets of the, you know, um, you know, closed conferences. Yeah, you know, this climate change thing is really, really exaggerated. No one dares say it. No one dare, I, I mean, people in, in, in public positions, you have, you know, Congress and, I, I mean, trying to hold hearings, you cannot get, you get very, very few experts who will say, let us tell you the straight facts. And again, I want to know which side to believe, the ones who are denouncing the danger of CO2, the ones who are saying we do not face a risk from climate change or man-caused climate change. Those folks who are bringing these points out, they're not getting paid by anyone. Anyone. And they're going to be ridiculed and mocked. And, and someone's going to try to look up their history and try to find out something bad about them to, in some way, bring them down. It is enormously consequential. And these two professors I mentioned filed this with the SEC. And I want to just tell you a few other things that why this is so exciting. I mean, this is whole this whole picture we're on right now, where we're, we're watching the world. Uh, you have the Dutch farmers. You know, we're facing world food shortage, American food shortage. Biden has admitted he's been warning. You know, in an era where there's no reason to have a food shortage, Biden goes to go to. Oh yeah, it must be Russia. Everyone knows it's not Russia. It is. It is this lunacy of the Green New Deal climate change hysteria that has now gotten us to the point where the Sri Lankans are starving, the Kenyans are starving, the Dutch have had enough. I mean, and this, these protests are going on in Italy and Germany and Spain. Farmers saying, and these are the first, as I, hit, I made this um, point yesterday, it's like the rubbers hit the road here. It's great when you want to have academic discussions and Al Gore can bloviate on and on whatever he thinks. But when you're telling people, we're going to destroy your farms and you're not going to have enough food, and you better start liking bugs, because that's what you're going to eat. Then people are like, wait a minute, what is this? And so you have this, this is so perfectly timed. I'm so excited. I will mention the global uprisings around the, the globe are continuing. Uh, Sri Lanka, you know, they, they took on the really radical environmental uh, agenda of the World Economic Forum, the world socialists and Marxists who want to run the whole thing. And the, the, the government's been toppled. The government's been toppled. There were great pictures uh, of them surrounding, the, the uh, Sri Lankan citizens, surrounding their big palace, and literally they're swimming in the swimming pool that belonged to the prime minister, and they've, they overwhelmed the palace, sent the prime minister and the president packing. They're out of there, and it's really happening um, around the world because farmers are realizing that this agenda is being used to 
harm them, to harm the people. Um, I want to say very quickly for radio listeners, you're going to go off to a break at the bottom of the hour at 30 minutes past the hour and again at three minutes before the next hour. Uh, we're going to rock and roll here on this show, America Can We Talk? And so uh, if you go off to commercial break, don't go away, come right back. You can also always watch and listen to our show online at americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org. It goes out live from our website. It goes out live on Facebook, and it's always available later on Rumble and many other places. So, uh, you know, do check in and see the things you might have missed and don't go away. Also, there's also mounting evidence, by the way, it's not just as these brilliant and brave scientists quoted, it's not just that we don't have a climate change emergency. Contrary to decades of hysteria promulgated by the leftists, by academia, we don't have a climate change disaster impending. We don't have, we're not at risk. There is no climate-related risk, is no climate-related risk from fossil fuels or CO2 that fact and then compound that with the idea they're saying is will actually hurt the earth and, and hurt people if we push down the level of CO2. We need CO2. It's a vital environment, a vital um, particle in the environment, a vital part of the environment, uh, the atmosphere that we actually need. And fossil fuels have enabled us to lift people out of poverty. One last point in this climate change thing is a great piece. Um, and I put it up again today. I had it the other day. But uh, this is by Stephen Moore, um, who writes, his article is called Biden's Green New Deal is Increasing Greenhouse Gases. And let me just say, it's the most amazing thing. Once the left has you latched onto something and you're supposed to believe it, then, you know, it is treated as the gospel. You cannot challenge it. And so no one or very few will point out, actually, it's not just that this Green New Deal stuff is not helping. It's that it's actually hurting. Fulfilling the Green New Deal, especially its electric car foolishness, is actually making the environment worse, increasing greenhouse gases. I mean, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. It's, it's truly astonishing. Uh, I'm going to close on two more points in this topic and then turn to um, Berkeley another sense of lunacy. Um, one point is, I want to remind you, and again, this is available at Texas Public Policy Foundation, it's available on my website, that, that if we actually did every lunatic thing the Green New Deal climate change people are pushing, if we did everything, and this is, uh, this is the data, if we eliminate all carbon dioxide emissions, which is what they're trying to do, CO2 is carbon dioxide. So if you want to eliminate all carbon dioxide emissions by 2030, which, by the way, Biden and others have said, oh, yeah, that's reasonable. We're talking like eight, less than eight years from now, going to eliminate all CO2 emissions. Never going to happen. Completely, not just improbable, impossible. But what they're saying is all that would happen, the global average temperature would dip at the most by less than two-tenths of a degree by the year 2100. Just think of the massive, massive efforts the world has gone to to humor this climate change thing. And, and that actually brings me to my kind of transitional point to my next topic. We need to be open in America to the idea that just because climate change has been pushed as gospel truth by, from the very beginning, Al Gore and by academia around the country and by international institutions and by American institutions, by NASA, by all, no matter how many people have believed 
that it was we had man-caused impending, you know, global destruction over climate change. No matter how many people believed it, it doesn't matter. All that matters is what is true. All that matters is what truth is. All that matters is data and facts. And on this subject, I will remind you, over the centuries, at every point in history, there have been things widely believed that everyone thought can never change. And everyone knows this. One was, famous one, of course, is that, you know, in the 1400s, 1500s, and even in the 1600s, that the idea that the Earth was the center of the universe. And everything spins around the the earth. This is what people believed. Not just a few loonies, but everyone. It was not only, uh, you know, societally accepted, and all the smart people thought that. The church, the Catholic church accepted that, that the earth is the center of the universe, and everything spinning around us. We just are stationary, and, the, and God made the whole, and, and fortunately, you know, and, and people suffered for that. People put to death for that. For saying, actually, that's not true. I'm, I'm doing calculations here. I'm looking at numbers. I'm using, you know, I think actually the earth isn't the center of the universe. I think the earth actually spins around the sun. And that was heresy. That was lunacy. That was to be, you know, silenced and ridiculed and mocked and shut down. But the people who understood that they had the facts right, they kept speaking up and saying, no, actually, the earth is not the center of the universe. The earth is spinning around the sun. And now, pretty much everyone on the planet understands that the earth is spinning around the sun. So I'm getting to the point, it's very possible to make massive changes in what is common knowledge, what is commonly believed, when you turn to facts and you rely on them. We have done this in history. We have managed as a world to recognize that everybody who thought the earth is the center of the universe might have been well-intentioned and might have had reasons they thought that, but they were wrong. And then when you, and, and you don't reason off of things that aren't true. You don't reason off of those facts. You look at data. The same thing needs to happen with respect to climate change. I don't know when it's going to come, but at some point in the future, there will be a time that people look back at this era in world history, look back at America, and the billions, and I mean B, billions of dollars flowing from the federal government to fight climate change, which, as these professors keep pointing out, there is no climate-related risk caused by fossil fuels and CO2. And yet we have a war on fossil fuels, we have a war on oil, we have a war on cars, we have a war on gasoline, and all of it based on a, a, a farce, based on incorrect information, just as there was incorrect information that when people used to try to reason from the idea that the Earth is the center of the universe. We can change. We can actually insist that our elected officials and our policymakers look at facts and make policy based on facts. Another thing occurred to me on this subject, too, uh, two other points on climate change. I'm going to get to this other crazy out of the American left, but uh, two other quick things on it. Um, one is, you know, Limbaugh used to make this point about climate change, and this is obviously Rush Limbaugh I'm talking about, you know, before much of the data we now have is, were, were available, but he used to make the point, I just can't believe, I, I, it doesn't resonate or ring true to me, and these are my paraphrasing, I don't remember how he said it, but the point was, it doesn't ring true to me that God, a creator of the universe, the creator of all life, the source of life, would make the earth so fragile 
that cars or, or you know, advances in society that make it easier to travel and safer to travel and make everyone freer and allow us to, to make a delivery of the needs of, of, of items that people need around the world. I did, as he was, to paraphrase him, I can't believe God made earth that fragile. That CO2, that a tiny little percentage increase in CO2 is going to do all that. It's a, and I completely agree with him. This whole concept of you know, a, a, a God-created universe, uh, the, the idea that a particle that is a, a minute portion of the entire uh, you know, content of, of the environment in, in, in slight increases could mean death and destruction for the world. It just it, it, doesn't, it doesn't ring true to many uh, people. To many people, I will say, when you're, if you are all the way down the path of being a a leftist, and so you're you're anti-God or you're agnostic or you're you know atheist, whatever you are, then all you think you're you're dealing with is a bunch of particles and matter and calculations and dust and CO2. That notion of a higher force really just gets dismissed by the left. You know, they well, come on, or by the atheist, whatever your other political views are. But you know, there, there's no God governing everything. There's just, you know, there's just there's just man, and we're smart enough, and we're here, and we're going to, you know, and, and you know, we we're in charge. They can't fathom the idea that that, that there is a, a God who would who is a creator of life. I don't see how you can look at the world. The earth and look at things like where does love come from hope come from you know uh, everything good about humanity it, it doesn't come from dust and particles and carbon units that make up human beings it comes from a higher source as does very life itself and as does the earth and this is part of the reason that people who are of faith are even more leery about this hysteria the government is trying to create over climate change and the, uh, as you will note, the uh, leftists in this world, the Marxists and socialists are the ones really, really, really immersed in climate change as, as the gospel according to the climate, according to Al Gore, I guess. Um, the last thing I want to say on this topic is I think it's going to be huge. I want this story, I want you to read it and share it. I want you to think about it. But I think this story is going to have more and more steam to it because you can't just dismiss these two guys who put in this SEC submission as fools. They're not. They're extremely well-educated. It's a very, you know, footnoted and graphed with mounds of data, much of it coming from sources that the left relies on. They're just saying, there's no evidence that CO2 and fossil fuels, um, we, we don't have a problem at all, at all. There's no catastrophic climate, man-caused catastrophic climate change coming. The climate is not a threat. But the last point I'll make on this is I want you to think about how much leverage the left has gotten by pushing climate change. When I say the left, I don't just mean Democrats in America. I mean the left-wing ideology that is forever pushing the idea of government-controlled society, take away people's freedom, have a more and more larger centralized government uh, controlling the world. I mean, just the whole World Economic Forum mindset. This is where these people live in their heads. The goal is always to get people to submit, to do what they tell them to do. And so... Um, what has happened, because this theory has been around for so long, it's become what the left tries to treat as one of the many things they'll do. They try to treat it as, as just indisputable. I mentioned this yesterday. Can't talk about it. Can't question it. You can't ask any questions. No questions, no discussion, no debates. You just They have decreed that climate change and man-caused climate change is about to kill us all. 
anthropogenic it's called, but you know, it's, it's anthropomorphic, whatever it is, it's man-caused climate change is gonna kill us all. And so they've not permitted debate or intelligent discussion in academia and in high levels of government in America and around the world for a long time. But there needs to be that push because we can get to the point, just like we did, we finally established that the earth is not the center of the universe. In fact, it spins around the sun. We can get to the point, this whole climate change alarmism, zealot lunacy is actually also belongs in the same dustbin of history as does, as did the idea that the earth is the center of the universe. But, and I'll tell you uh, how the left has gotten so much power out of this issue. You know, if you look up climate change and then you can add people of color, border issues, sexism, racism. The left has managed to use this climate change, you know, this, this hysteria, climate change hysteria, and they link it to other issues. So, you know, they, their articles, I just quick Googled this morning, just no, didn't Google, you duck.go, but in any case, quick looked up, and you can find articles where experts around the world tell you, well, climate change hit is, is hardest on the poor, hardest on people of color, hardest on black Americans, hardest on women. I mean, they link the climate change fear with some other group of people they're trying to treat, uh, treat as victims. And I mean, they have made a, an industry, a mega industry out of climate change. And they spent millions and billions, uh, all sorts of entities have. And the idea that we get to actually look at the facts is, is so refreshing, I, I, I can hardly even stand it. All right, okay, I do wanna hit a couple of uh, quick stories today. Um, one is there was this uh, professor, um, uh, and I'm, I'm shocked and horrified to think this person's actually a professor, but there's a professor who teaches law um, at Berkeley. And um, she was in Congress testifying I think it was on the subject of abortion, but anyway, she uh, is Berkeley Law Professor Kiara Bridges, and she was in Congress, um, in the Senate actually, uh, testifying, and she had a little exchange with one of my favorite U.S. Senators, Josh Hawley of Missouri. He's so articulate and so, you know, um, intelligent, and he stays even keeled. Uh, so he's questioning her, um, and she gets off on, she's trying to make the argument that men can get pregnant, which, let me just, you know, note to self, no, note to you, no, they cannot. And, and the truth, this is another one of the things left, left-wingers, I'll get off on it in, more moment, in another moment, what left-wing has done with respect to gender identity. But first, let's play that clip, Josh Hawley and Professor, uh, UC Berkeley Law Professor, um, Kiara Bridges. Clear one thing up. Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. Would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, it's, we can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. 
So I think it's important because of my us, line of questioning. Because so we can't talk about it because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm is denying dangerous. that trans people exist by asking are you? you if you're talking are you? about women are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that the, uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think <laughs> so. You are denying that trans people exist, Thank and you. that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you, Absolutely. or are they also treated like this? Where no, 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 they're, they're told that to they're at opening up people to oh, violence. We have a good time questioning. in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow, I, I would learn a lot. I've learned you, a lot. Just I know. In this exchange. Absolutely. Extraordinary. Okay. I, I almost couldn't stand to listen to that again because I did listen at home and took some notes. Just like on climate change. When the left wants something, they, and I'm talking about the, you know, the guru leader, left wing, we want to control the world, Marxist socialist types, and, and many in media and on the left get where they want to go by establishing something which has no connection to reality, and that not only asserting that it is true, but asserting that no one's allowed to question it, no other no information is permitted, no questioning, no research, no looking at data. They've defined truth, the gospel according to the left. And so they did it on climate change, and it may, may just be beginning to burst with this. I, 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 as I say, I think this thing that got submitted to the SEC is really profound. But they've done the same thing with respect to genders and, and, and gender, uh, you know, transgendering. The simple fact is... And, and the truth is, this is another one of those things where there's more common knowledge. The average person, most people know, there are men and there are women. And that's life. That's life. There are men there with their boys and girls. Men, it's just what creation is. And it's what your identity is. It's what you are. And so, as adults, if somebody wants to change their gender, that's a whole different issue if they're saying, yeah, I was born a woman, want to be a man, or vice versa, whatever it is, you know, the legality, the ethics, the morals, the, you know, the psychological uh, confusion that that represents is a whole different issue when you're an adult. But what the left has done is not just to say, and I, the left is even a, not, a, it's hard to find a, a, a proper noun for them, a proper descriptor of these people who have pushed this crazy, but the idea now is, not just there are women who want to be men, but be, or men want to be women, but because someone says, I know my anatomy by my biology, my DNA, everything about me is, is that I'm, I'm one gender. Because I want to be the other, I get to say that I am the other. And so they're not just saying, I'm a woman, but I want to be a man, or a man, I want to be a woman, but I'm a woman, I am biologically and anatomically indisputable DNA, you know, you're a woman, but you get to say, I'm a man because you want to be one. And then the rest of the world has to salute to this idea that even though everyone looking at you can see you're a woman, you want, you're a man. And then you get into the whole next iteration of how they have to be referred to, what pronouns they can use. And then you get into, so you're already not dealing with reality. You're not dealing with reality because reality is you know, first of all, biological. As I point out so often, you know, a thousand years from now, if someone digs up the grave of, you know, Bruce Caitlyn Jenner or, you know, anyone who's had a transition and all that's left are the bones, so they do the DNA and the bones, they're going to say, oh, yeah, it was a guy. He, he 
or Bruce Caitlyn Jenner has not changed genders. I mean, changed anatomy, changed biology. You can do all that. And in my view, it's a free country. You know, and so as an adult, you can do that. But you're not really changing your identity. You're not changing your your core. You know what you are, what you were created as. You're you're a man or a woman. So back to this lady, she's so far down the path of loony, and she teaches law at Berkeley, which is a scary thought because that's actually considered a good law school. Um, but in any case, she cannot sitting there testifying before uh, the Senate. She is insisting that men can have babies. And the fact is, it's one of those things, I'm telling you, you know, 90% of Americans sit in their homes and they're talking to each other in their privacy of their own homes saying, that's not true. Men can't have babies. But she is so far immersed. She's so marinating. Her brain is marinating in this ideology that is disconnected from reality that she'll sit there on national television with a camera on her face and not just say, yes, I believe that there are men who have babies and they are, and she has all her cis, all the words they want to use and made up terms, but she's saying men can have babies, that she's not only so sure of herself that she'll say it on national television, she's mocking, mocking the senator who's pointing out what basically everyone in America knows. And the left has managed to use this issue, again, to contort society, to mock and criticize and silence anyone who won't go along with this agenda. So I find this very refreshing that Senator Hawley just said, you know, what are you even talking about? Men can't have babies. And the truth is, people, everyone knows men can't have babies. It doesn't matter if they wish they could or if they even had the entire, I don't even go down that path. They can't have babies and everybody knows it. But she's just so you know, so beyond immersed in her and in this just, you know, fantasy world the left has made up that she feels comfortable mocking in a, in a public hearing, mocking a senator uh, over the idea that he says, no, actually, you know, men can't have babies. It's that we all know this. But I, I, what I really, you know, I think for a long time, as some of the, as this whole transgender movement uh, came into full bloom where it is now, Many people thought, well, you know, there's a tiny portion of people who really, you know, may be psychologically confused, may be suffering, and they really probably need help, and we shouldn't, you know, be, and, and she, her point is, you are committing violence. You're committing violence by challenging their identity, their trans identity. The notion that they're establishing is no one can challenge because the left has made this rule now. No one can talk about it. No one can question it. And then she throws out the thing, which is a tool used by the left to get their way on this transgender issue, which is to say, well, you know, one in five people who are transgender have contemplated suicide, which may or may not be true. But I'm telling you the confusion that you are, you are implanting into the mind, especially of a young child a little boy who likes dolls or a girl who likes to play G.I. Joe, whatever, talking, treating them as individuals, enabling to live their lives as individuals, you know, they don't all have to conform, and all girls aren't the same, and all boys aren't the same. But it is not mentally healthy for this professor or anybody else to just indulge a young child's confusion and say, oh, you're a boy, you like dolls, okay, you must be a girl. Let's get started on that transgendering. This is cruel. And it's crazy, and, I, and what I love is that this is starting to come out, which kind of ties into my last point. Uh, I want to hit the, the Title IX stuff briefly, um, but before I do, and I get to one of my other story today uh, is about Title IX, uh, which are just two really important things to understand, kind of related to 
this Ber woman who shouldn't be teaching anyone, and she's teaching law at Berkeley, but I digress. Anyway, I do want to turn to this um, Title IX story in a moment, but I also want to mention, if you're listening right now, that tomorrow, Thursday, my shows on Thursday are unique in that I do them in our larger studio. We have an in-studio audience, and tomorrow we have Sydney Powell joining us, uh, who is a friend, and she is a, um, you know, I actually had several people ask recently, I haven't seen Sydney Powell around in a while. So I'm telling you, we're going to just talk about what she's doing, how she sees uh, the January 6th hearings, uh, the January 6th Inquisition Committee, uh, how those people are being treated, uh, the appeals she's working on. She's working on election integrity issues. I mean, she is a relentless, she's like a lawyer's lawyer. She's a relentless, really good thinker, really serious. And so she's joining us tomorrow. You'll love, so tune in tomorrow at 3 p.m. Uh, for Sydney Powell. I think you'll really enjoy hearing what she has to say. Okay, last thing I want to do uh, on today's show is talking about Title IX and what Biden is trying to do with it. And again, these are things, I mean, and we're living, I, I have this kind of upbeat feel today because I think, number one, I, I know that not every American has already currently read this SEC submission as understanding on the climate change issue, understanding that actual experts are trying to scream from the rooftops, you know, we're, we made a climate change emergency and there wasn't one, and there's nothing wrong with the CO2 level in the environment, and there's nothing wrong with fossil fuels, and we need to be using them in fact, our efforts to diminish the use of CO, the amount of CO2 or the use of fossil fuels uh, is actually going to hurt people. I'm, I'm really excited about that. I hope it prompts discussion more places. Uh, I, I'm really, and then even this, this uh, Berkeley professor trying to, with a straight face, say men can have babies, maybe it'll kind of just, you know, snap the, some people out of the, the crazy that we've been in about transgendering. But the last topic for today is, so Title IX is a, a federal statute, you likely know. Uh, Title IX was a uh, statute for um, decades, passed in uh, 1972, um, and the idea was to try to make college athletics, to, to make it equal for men and women. So, you know, college sports spends a ton of money, uh, college and universities spend a ton of money on sports, and this basically said you have to spend it on women's sports too. So really, a whole new world of women's sports, possibility for women to get scholarships, uh, encourage them to be athletic. I mean, this is great, it's fine with me. Title IX is great. But now Title IX is being abused by the Biden team, as it was previously under Obama, but back under Biden. So Biden is doing two things, proposing rules. And I want to tell you that I could not make the link work. But if you go on to Heritage Action, heritageaction.com, look under Toolkit, Stop Biden's Title IX Rule Change. Let me, understand, let me explain to you what he's trying to do. It's a comment period right now, just as it was the comment period when the SEC got that submission by those two climate, climate experts. Anyway, so Title IX basically all was trying to do was make equivalent access uh, and, and, you know, for sports uh, for women as, as men have. So now the Biden administration is working on two things. They're trying to change the definition of sex you know, so they, you know, that's what Title IX said is, you know, you can't discriminate based on sex. You got to fund both women's and men's sports. Change sex into sex stereotypes, sex-related characteristics, including intersex traits. I won't even start on that. Pregnancy or related conditions, sexual orientation, and gender identity. They are forcing this whole gender identity lunacy into Title IX. And this is a period when the public can comment. So if you want to comment, you just, just look up online how to comment about this uh, rule change in Title IX. The other thing being contemplated by the Biden administration 
was something I used to rail about on this show before, and the Biden and it went away under Trump, and now Biden's trying to bring it back, and that is essentially to deprive American citizens who are male, who go to college, of the protection of due process in our Constitution. That what they're trying to say is that you know, it basically, in colleges, if there were to be an accusation of rape or sexual assault or, or something of that uh, that um, kind, that uh, under the Obama rule, the way the Department of Education uh, conditioned giving money to schools was they basically had to set up a kangaroo court, and the, the guy was presumed guilty because he was accused, and it was very hard to prove it didn't happen. And, and there were cases, of course, where women made things up, exaggerated, twisted the story because they're mad at their boyfriend because he dated somebody else or broke up with him or whatever it was, is depriving any American citizen of due process. So that was under Obama. Trump came along and said, we're not doing that. We're going to protect every American due process rights. You actually get to present your side, and there's no presumption you're guilty because you're accused. The Biden administration is trying to bring back that Obama era, you're guilty because someone accused you, and, and just essentially depriving people of their due process rights. We are nearly at the end of the show. We have people listening on radio. One last radio reminder, go to americacanwetalk.org. On our website, you can buy tickets for upcoming summit. You can become a member. You can sign up for our weekly newsletter. And most of all, tune in tomorrow at 3 for Sydney Powell for a great show then, our Thursday show. Everybody else, I close the show every day by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started our show um, with the um, climate truth explosion. SEC is proposing to expand public company are requiring disclosure about effects of climate change on business operations. Eminent physicists, professors, climate experts from Princeton and MIT replied on the record. As career physicists, science demonstrates there is no climate-related risk caused by fossil fuels and CO2. This should be a bold, this should be like a billboard around the country. Thus, no scientific basis for the proposed rule. Kudos to these two professors past the point where they are dependent on grants conditioned on preordained research results, able to speak freely and speak the truth. Time for questioning has come. What is science and what is the political agenda? And on climate truth explosion consequences, Sri Lanka, government decrees all organic farming, food shortages proliferating, desperation setting in. The people have, they, the people rose up, they have ousted their government. Dutch farmers, ranchers ordered to kill cattle, cut use of fertilizers, that'll go well. Food shortages imminent, desperation rising, and the people are on the side of the farmers. You have to understand, one point I meant to make, the climate change alarmist zealots are a minority. Most people have figured out, and they're now even figuring out more, that climate change is being used to take away your freedom. Italian, German farmers are joining the Dutch. Canadian government is investing in factories for converting bugs into food. No thanks. No peoples of the world voted for any of this. All of it's being imposed and decreed against the will of the people. All of it's allegedly in pursuit of combating man-made climate change. What if dangerous man-made climate change is no more accurate than the flat earth or the earth as a center of the universe, etc.? Many things people believed in the past, we now look back and think, how could those people have thought that? 
Okay, and Dear Berkeley, Men Don't Have Babies, uh, Senator Josh Hawley's Q&A with Berkeley professor, a marker of an era of actual insanity. Hawley asserts only women can have babies. Professor says this constitutes violence against trans people. I mean, we have to stop humoring this crazy. Americans have had enough of this moral idiocy. Individuality is to be honored, but there are only two human forms, male and female. Only females, women, can have babies. Allowing any underage person to have intact, healthy organs removed in the name of gender dysphoria is cruel, inhumane, indefensible, and should be criminal. George Orwell was right again. Some ideas are so stupid that only intellectuals believe them. And finally, on Title IX and kangaroo courts coming back, Title IX courts intended to address sexual discrimination in higher education, intended equalizer of men's and women's sports. The Biden administration seeking to expand Title IX, men competing as women, imposing LGBT, LGBT etc., agenda on bathrooms, locker rooms, dorm rooms, broadening the coverage of K through college, moves sexual harassment claims to Title IX courts, removing due process protections for the accused. Biden's radical left agenda is intended as a state redefined morality. Americans did not vote for, they do not want this nonsense. It must be stopped. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can you